All right, and welcome in, hockey fans. In the desert southwest, Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona, on another Club Hockey Southwest weekly podcast. My co-host, the soon-to-be 29-year-old birthday boy, Stephen Marsh, is joining me from uh, from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we're going to talk some club hockey tonight. So, Stephen, first and foremost... Happy early birthday, and how are you? I'm good. I like the new, uh, I like the new sound effects there. I like, I like that applause. Can we get can we have that applause again? Or, or that was nice. <laughs> that, that's just a little something our executive producer throw in just yeah. to uh, kind of celebrate your birthday. But oh. uh, how are you? How are things? Uh, doing, uh, doing well. Uh, doing well down here. I mean, you know, the COVID stuff is still going on, and. But uh, you know we're we're staying safe and healthy, and just moving along with with life. Finally, going to have some baseball. That's the big thing. That's the big. Thing. <laughs> I was I was running uh, running bet to see how long it would take you to say there's going to be baseball. You made it one minute. <laughs> uh, you know, I just I know uh, you're a big baseball fan. I know I, you're a big I, sports I'm fan. I'm a bigger hockey. Well, I'm a baseball. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I miss the baseball. But I mean, I you know, it was just it's a shame they couldn't. Reach a deal, you know. This it had to come down to this way, but you know, at least it'll be somewhat of a season. So yeah, I I hear you, and you know, things in the in the COVID world are not much better here. I mean, we're still uh, way up in numbers, and and people getting tested, and people finding out they're positive, and then going into quarantine. It, it's it's just moving around. So yeah, well, you had everybody a, you had a visit from the uh, the president this week in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that was uh, that was exciting. Every time the president yeah. comes to town, right? Yeah, and literally about a mile from my house, so uh, yeah. uh, it, it didn't affect us too much because there was a freeway dividing us, so we were on the other side of the freeway, and fortunately, we didn't have too much uh, commotion. Well, yeah, it, because but... yeah, because every time the, when the president comes, as I've been stuck in it, you know, they shut down all the roads around him, you know, the airport and all that, and you, if you get yeah. stuck in it, it's just, it's, but, you know, it's for any president, and it's to protect them, and, you know, you get to where they need to get, but, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I hear it's just sometimes an inconvenience for everybody else, but let's get on to talking club hockey because tonight we've got another great guest, and I know people are going to say, oh, yeah, great. It's another ASU person. Oh, yeah, great. It's another Minnesota native, but uh, Joe Deuce Bobbick is going to join us, uh, a Minnesota native, as I said, uh, seven years in professional hockey. Recently, he's been coaching that uh, Notre Dame prep up here in Scottsdale, and uh, now is going to be joining forces at ASU as the uh, head coach of the ASU uh, ACHA D2 program. So between him and Tate Green, uh, they got Minnesota covered pretty well, uh, both of them being Minnesota natives. So we'll look forward to talking to Joe not only about what his plans are for the uh, Sun Devils ACHA D2 team, but we'll also dig into a little bit of some of his playing career because uh, he not only played at, uh, I'm giving it all away right now, but he played at Notre Dame for four years, a letter winner there, and then uh, went on and played professional hockey, which at any level is uh, is, is an accomplishment. And we got a great trivia question tonight, too. So listen closely to the show. Maybe you'll pick it up before Stephen announces it at the end. But uh, hashtag pucks on the pod is where you go. That's the uh, hashtag that you use at IcetimeSW on Twitter to send your answer to uh, win a nice little prize pack from our friends over at Summer Skates. So before we jump into uh, our, our first guest, uh, let's talk about a little bit of club hockey still because 
everything keeps going around. Up there at UNLV, they stay in the news every week. Uh, tell us a little bit about this uh, this uh, season ticket package or game ticket package they have going, Stephen. Oh, yeah. You know, I was uh, – that's a, that's a pretty uh, exciting uh, stuff that UNLV is doing. Sorry. I mean, I, I should have been more prepared. I should have known you were asking about that. <laughs> well, I, I can tell no, you – No, 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 but the, – Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> from, from what I've heard, it's a uh, $7 per game. Is that what I heard? If you buy it quickly and uh, are able to get out and see some really good hockey at a very, very affordable rate. I mean, that is fantastic. I don't know if you've got all the details, but – uh, it's pretty cool. No, it's uh, it's really cool actually, and and I think if you go for the, a season pass, you it's like a hundred somewhere in the hundred and twenty some dollar range. I think I'm not I can't remember the exact total, and it's uh, it's really a really a good deal. And there's going to be a lot of um, great things that they're gonna they're going to um, be able to get. You're going to get a lanyard. You're going to get a you're going to get a I think a hat. Uh, you're going to get access to special events that they're going to do. Um, then there are other things that, that they're hoping that they can be able to work out logistically if, if, if COVID restrictions are lifted or whatever. But um, there may be opportunity for, for some of these people to go with them on, on road trips or something. So, uh, yeah, that's really, really cool. I, I, the assistant coach, uh, Nick Pagoni, who we've had on the show a few times, he's uh, he was on some of the local radio programs here promoting it and, listen to some of that and and uh it's real exciting that you know they're they really um want to get the fans to come in they're really hopeful that they can have fans uh in the stands this this fall um they they've he's already seen an uptick in people that have signed up for for tickets um as from as opposed to last year so they really want to you know they really want to see the place pack hopefully they'll be able to, to have pack uh, have fans and you know that's still is a that is still a question i mean it's not guaranteed that that'll yeah happen, without a but, doubt but uh but we're hopeful that that that'll happen and they um they can have a, a full season with fans because it's so it's so different especially with unlv they have such a great crowd at uh, at city national for their games and and it would be certainly different if, if they didn't have it but they'll put it on the line anyway for them to to watch you know to play if they have to play with with nobody there but um, but you know it's it's exciting time. You know, last week we mentioned the the, the golf uh, tournament that they'll be doing in August, so that's that'll be coming up in August. Yeah, and, and here's the crazy thing about that, Stephen. We and I was joking with my co-host last night, Paul Hornstein, about uh, we wondered what we were going to do for shows this summer, especially with COVID, and we've been so busy we haven't been able to talk about stuff. But a golf tournament that's going to be, I believe, August 27th, and uh, we're just a week away from July. So that means we're we're you know about two months away from from the golf tournament, and right after that, uh, I believe Kenny McCudden's going to come in and and work with them, and then they're going to move on and and start uh, start playing hockey. So uh, as long right. as uh, yeah, yeah, COVID, training camp, yeah, training camp. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Kenny McCudden, if 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 Columbus is you know not playing at that time, because the NHL season will be resuming around August and. We'll have to see what happens with that, but hopefully if he comes and they'll participate in that, and then they'll have this. this they do a scrimmage game at the beginning of each year, so they'll have you know an inner squad game, and then the season starts in it's September when they go to Virginia to play Liberty, and then we're off and running with UNLV, and the other teams, of course, will be in the Southwest area will be playing as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's it hit me today realizing that it was 
it was going to be July next week. It's like, whoa, yeah. it's, you know, and then, the, you know, we talked about baseball and they're starting up. It's like, it's like July's almost here. It's like, wow. You know, it's like, you know, here we are, right, July, August, it, September, and we're going to be, we're going to be, and then, you know, the NHL season will be starting up in August. So we're going to have hockey here soon. And then club hockey will be coming into the mix too soon. So it's. Uh, and also, you know, I, I joke and, and it's kind of a joke and kind of not that we talk about the arms race that's going on here between the teams in the desert Southwest at the club level, especially the ACHA D1 level, because they are competing against each other to put the best product on the ice. And I really, truly believe that we're going to see a national championship uh, from one of those teams, if not this season, next season, because uh, you can't continue to put that many great players on the ice with great coaches and not find yourself uh, in a situation where you come home with a national title. And I believe we all know, we all think anyway, we think we know, I should say, that a national championship is the key to pushing another program in the desert southwest to the NCAA level. So fingers crossed uh, that the arms race is good on the ice, but also I think UNLV is pushing a little bit now, like U of A did a few years ago, to uh, put a product out there and fight for fans with a uh, with an AHL franchise, at, uh, the new one in Henderson. And uh, people don't know, I'm coming up tomorrow to uh, – get over there on Friday, hopefully, and see that new uh, facility, which is not yet done, but no. starting to look like an ice rink right it now, is. right? I actually, was out of Henderson today just doing some stuff, and, and I I, uh, I decided I'll go drive by. I haven't been by it yet. I hadn't really checked it out yet. You know, I don't really go out to Henderson. I, I live over in the southwest part of Las Vegas, so I'm like, yeah, I don't really. But I, I decided I'll go take a drive over there. Well, after I figured out how to get in there, because it was with all the construction <laughs> around there, it was kind of tricky <laughs> to get around Water Street and into the – Henderson uh, get it get to it but uh, you see it and it, it's it's really nice it really has come it really has come along good I, some of the local uh, media people uh, it, you know tweeted out some pictures of what it's looking like inside Friday as you mentioned they're gonna do a I guess a topping off ceremony where they're gonna you know top off the building and then I guess small tours for media members could go in and look at it and and it's it's coming along really well I mean you think about October 1st is coming up as well we're talking about things that are coming up and and that's when the building is supposed to be finished and will be finished and ready to be opened. And, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really nice building. You know, City National it's, it was nice. I, I, I don't know. I, this one might turn out to be real. I, mean, I think this one might turn out to be a nicer building. I mean, I, you obviously you learn some things from the first go-around. And now with this one, you know, it's going to be in Henderson. You know, Henderson, you know, Summerlin's nice area. And, and most of Henderson's is considered a nice part of, of the Southern Nevada. And, you know, it's City National with the rinks. They only put seats on one side. I think these ones might have seats on all the way around or on both sides, which is going to be really nice. So um, it's it's going to be nice. I guess there's going to be some, some stuff around there, and, and it certainly looks that way from what I saw today, you know, some – some places you can walk to or eat or to, to go to. So it's, it's going to be nice. And of course, when the AHL facility in the, in Henderson Pavilion area is finished, that'll be nice too. So it's, uh, it's really exciting. It really is. Yeah. And like I said, from, from the club level, I mean, uh, that, that tells you if they're competing with an AHL franchise, their product is getting better, right? Because you can't take a, a mediocre product and try to compete with a, you know, minor league, uh, NHL, the little brother, if you will, of NHL hockey. You can't really compete with them if you don't have much at the uh, 
the ACHA level. So right. uh, I'm just really impressed with what everybody's done. You know, I know we're going to have Danny Roy on again, and we're going to talk about not only uh, what he's done at Grand Canyon, but about his construction skills, about putting together a building locker rooms and restrooms and showers. And, yeah, I know. I keep seeing, uh, keep seeing the update pictures <laughs> on, on their Twitter. And it's, uh, you're saying he does that all, he's been doing that all himself, right? All that good stuff that the construction and the, and with the makeovers. That's what I've been told. So uh, oh, I haven't actually seen present. it myself, but you know, uh, and then, you know, the ice rinks are starting to open up again. Of course the COVID is bad, but I know there's some camps going on right now with uh trying to maintain social distancing and, you know, things are starting to open up again. So let's hope that this continues and the rise continues so that we have uh, as much or as close to normal of a hockey season as we can get, at least for the, the college kids. We know the NHL is going to be a little different no matter what, because you can't start your playoffs in, uh, in August and then get back to a regular season start. Uh, in late September, October. So well, yeah, it'll be I, interesting to see what happens that way. Well, I would imagine, and I think th- I think the concern is is that you know it's there's there's this concern that there's going to be another wave. Although we're not, I don't know, some people say we're not out of the first wave, which is probably true. But you know, in the fall, when the flu season comes and this virus may really spark up again, if if it even dies down at all, which we hope it does at some point, but. Um, I was concerned if, you know, the NHL season will resume in, in August and they'll get through the Stanley Cup playoffs and final hopefully by October. My guess is that they probably won't look to start the next season until January, I would imagine. Um, if And there's, there's some promising leads that there will be a vaccine hopefully by the end of this year or early next year. That certainly would be good news and for everybody. Well, Steve, Stephen, while you're on that topic, the other thing that I'm really curious about is – uh, the antibody testing, and once you've had it, does that make you immune to getting it again? I, I don't think we really know the truth to that, but you think of all the people that are getting it, and obviously you think about the people that have lost their lives with it because that's tragic. You know, I mean, I was telling guys uh, on the show, the other two shows this week, that I, I always try to every now and then put it out there in terms of hockey teams, and if you were, you know, say you lose 45 players or 50 people, 45 or 50 people overnight, which is tragic, right? But put that in hockey terms. That would be like losing two hockey teams overnight. Right. Can you imagine what that would be like and how people would take it if if two two hockey teams perished in an airplane crash or, God forbid, you know, a bus accident or whatever? Well, we and, saw we saw with uh, – I don't bring up something that was kind of – we saw that with, with the Humboldt Broncos a few years ago, how, you know, and that yeah. terrible bus crash. Well, and you're right. Think about it in perspective. We're losing basically a humble Broncos team every night with, you know, with overnight, you know, you know and so. that's in every, every major city, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so uh, but I, I am curious to see what the guys that are, that are getting it and, and testing positive, if they in fact will now be uh, <clears throat> antibody resistant, if you will, or resistant to getting it again, because if yeah, that's yeah. the case, you know, then, then you'd have uh some good things to work on, but it, let's uh, let's take a quick break, Stephen, and let's uh, see if we can get hooked up with our, our special guest here in a minute. But let's take a couple minutes to uh, hear from our sponsors, and then you and I will come back and, and see if we can get our uh, special guest on from Arizona State, ACHA D2, the head coach, uh, Joe Dusbovic. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, 
actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your product with M-Drive. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hi everybody, this is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypile.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. All right, and we're back. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Stephen, I'm sure you guys are toasting in around the 108 Mark, like uh, like we are right now, so so it's definitely summertime in the desert southwest. But uh, hockey continues to roll on as we uh, we wait to connect up with our uh, our special guest tonight. Um, it, it's weird, right? It's really weird that uh, hockey has grown as much as it has, especially at the club level, in uh, in an area um, that has 108 degree summers. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. You know, and one of the big things about hockey in this area of the country, they say, how can you have hockey in the desert? But we've we've seen that certainly it's possible. Not only possible, it's 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 more than possible. It's 
it's successful, and and we're seeing that uh, with all the hockey that we have in this this area. Uh, I think what's really nice about it is during the rest of the the years when hockey's really in full effect, usually, and we're in the fall months and the winter months when it's still 60s and 50s here. In other places, it's snowing and stuff, which you know is is hockey weather too. But but you can but I certainly prefer the uh, <laughs> the 60s and the 50s during the winter time than a bunch of snow and having to sh- shovel the snow off the car every morning and stuff. I, I know you probably experienced that when you were in Minnesota. So oh, <laughs> I'm sure you don't miss it that much. Don't even go there with me, my friend. <laughs> don't, don't go there with me on that. Uh, and you know that the uniqueness is when you talk to people. Um, they all say the same thing. It's like, well, they say two things. They say it's great to go into the rink and flip-flops and play hockey and then come back out and flip-flops. A, a lot of the players really, really enjoy that. Uh, in addition, they all tell you that it's the same game, right? I mean, the ice is pretty much the same. The, the buildings are the same. The dimensions are mostly the same. So you get in and, and you don't really think about where you are until you get outside the building. And that's when you realize that you're playing hockey in the desert southwest. But Well, know, it's, come, it's, come a long, it's come a long ways from when they did an outdoor game here in, uh, at the Caesars Palace. <laughs> the, I guess it was in the 80s or the late 80s or I don't know, before. It might have been just before I was born or just after I was born. I don't yeah. But, well, uh, I, I remember it, and I remember watching it from Minnesota going, like, this, this is crazy. There's no way you can play hockey out there. Um, you know, and, you know, a little behind-the-scenes stuff. I grew up playing hockey, as I've told you maybe before, uh, on an outside rink, right? Uh, the little town, uh, we had a cooperative program between the town that was 18 miles uh, to my, let's see, east, and uh, we played an outdoor rink. And that's where we played our games. And, you know, there were times when we played in snow and we definitely had wind. And, yeah, well, they tried to protect it as best they could. Uh, it was an outdoor rink. And, and we were the last uh, high school to, to compete at the high school level outdoors. So you take that and then you take outdoors down here. Um, even in the wintertime, it's completely different. Although I will tell you right now, there's been times when I've come to Vegas in the wintertime and I have uh, – been more than chilled. Yeah, no, it, we have we have our stretches of, of cold weather, and and I think I think what it is too is we get so, you know, maybe you know you people that move from colder places, you're the people that come and travel travel here from other places that's much colder. They'll come here, and it'll be this is when it's really really cold. It'll be in the 40s for daytime highs, and we'll get down to the upper 20s at night. Well, we we do get that for a stretch, and. And you get people that come and they'll be in short sleeve shirts, they'll be in a in a in a shorts, and like it's nothing because it's them. It's still not really warm. And then us, you know, we at fifty degrees, we're bundled up in a jacket and maybe having to put on a some sort of thermal sh- or something or something to to keep us bundled up because we're cold at like fifty degrees, which a lot of people they'd be begging for that kind of weather. So it's 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 interesting how our body kind of adjusts to the well, the climate we're living in. You know, at the in, in, in different places so it's yeah i mean uh, you know for sure and you know just uh, a little, little behind the scenes thing last night uh we weren't sure if we were going to have a guest because we had uh dom garcia a las vegas uh native scheduled to come on and apparently dom had lost his voice and uh, wasn't able to talk so uh, oh, that'd be, that'd be kind of hard to do this show <laughs> if you can't speak <laughs> yeah you couldn't do uh you really not doesn't work well with uh 
with sign language. So uh, we didn't oh. have Dom. And at the last minute, fortunately, um, the SID over at ASU does a great job there. Mitch Terrell was able to get us the captain, Jacob Wilson, at the last minute. So we had a really good show on it. But Paul and I talked about doing something different. We said what we were going to do is bring on a caller. So uh, we said, well, if we don't have a guest anytime, what we'll do is bring on a caller. We had a great caller from Minnesota uh, jump on with us and talk a little bit about uh, life in Minnesota. You know, it's been 30 years since I lived up there, so it's been a little bit different. But, um, you know, so that's something we're going to try again if we have to. We'll uh, we'll bring on other callers and see if they're they're interested in talking to us. Uh, you can't always make everything work because I know people uh, make commitments, but then, you know, things come up and they're not able to get on or whatever. So. I'm not sure uh, if we have Joe yet. We're hoping that we can uh, we can bring him on. Uh, but right now, let's uh, let's continue to talk hockey until he comes on. So we were talking a little bit about the schedule release at UNLV, and I know the other schools haven't uh, formally announced their schedule yet. But the difference this year is going to be the fact that there's going to be teams within the league, right? UNLV is joining the conference. Uh, Grand Canyon is joining the conference. Uh, uh, University of Utah joining the conference. Uh, to me, I just think that's going to be phenomenally exciting. And then on the flip side of it, Stephen, I also think it's going to be very dangerous uh, as far as teams. You, you can't get on a losing streak like that because if you do, um, what ends up happening is you can play yourself right out of national tournament contention as well. Well, it- Absolutely. It was really remarkable last year. And I, I'm not sure if it happened this season because of the move to the, the conference, the, the stretch that UNLV did have last season where they, they went, they didn't win in like nine, nine straight games. And it was really amazing. Even through all that, uh, you know, they were close in a lot of those games. So that has something to do with it, I'm sure. And, and the level of competition they're playing, but um, I think you're right. If the, you know, but they had such a great second half, a strong second half. I mean, after the semester break that, they were able to turn it around really well and, and, and do it. Uh, but I, I, I would imagine if they do, uh, that would be an if that happened this season because of who they'll be playing and, and the conference they're going to be in and stuff. And, and it's just the, there's level of competition is going to be even higher than it was maybe last year with, with people competing for spots in the tournament. Uh, I don't, I don't see how they could recover from, from that kind of a, a street streak this, this upcoming season, if they were to, be on the bad end of that, which we we hope that we don't. We hope we can get three teams in the tournament at least, maybe four at some point. And we're all in Massachusetts in March, looking to watch some great, great <laughs> tournament hockey. So I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to being able to get on airplanes again and flying and and maybe driving down to Arizona this season to watch you know we play in the Arizona schools and going to and go on to the tournament next year since we didn't get to go to Dallas this year, which, you know, I was still bummed about it. I have to be honest, Scott, I was, I was a little bummed by it. I was looking forward to, <laughs> to we were making arrangements to go, and, and I was looking forward to going to, to Texas. I'd never been to Texas or Dallas, and I was looking forward to seeing that. And uh, the pandemic uh, in this it was obviously came, and, and, and that was, you know, it was kind of nice, too, to have this kind of break from everything with everything going on in the you know, as busy as things can get, but at the same time, it was really a, a obviously that's we've talked we've beaten that dead horse, uh, horse dead or whatever. That's good. <laughs> I forget to say, <laughs> beating that horse, or whatever. Beating the so dead horse, beating the dead horse. There you go, to, uh, yeah. over and over on our previous show, so we don't need to go down that. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm looking cool. forward to 
looking forward to it. Well, here's what I'm the most excited about with the with the teams in the conference, Stephen, is because I watched last year as uh, Arizona State and and U of A for years have battled for their Cactus Cup rights, the uh, the rights to get that cup for uh, winning the season series between the two schools. But I also saw U of A fight and battle right down to the very end to continue to hang on to that WCHL Cup, which is the Conference Cup. And what goes with the Conference Championship is an automatic bid into the National Tournament. So, you know, if you win that Conference Tournament, you're in. You don't have to worry about going. You just wonder where you're going to finish. So that really puts the incentive, I think, up there. And like I said, you know, just from what we've seen this summer, we know that there's going to be uh, there's going to be improvements with every team. We know what UNLV's done. We've seen what U of A's done. We we know what Grand Canyon's putting together, at least on paper. And uh, you know, we had Tate Green on last a uh, couple of weeks ago, and he told us about uh, what he's doing. And you know, if if we are able to get Joe on today, which we don't have yet, but if we're able to get him on, I think that's a curious question, is because. Uh, ASU is building from within, if you will, right? I mean, they're bringing in as many top-notch players as they can, and they're going like, okay, the very best will go to, to D1, the, the second group will go to D2, the third group will go to D3, and then as you improve, maybe next year in the open tryouts again, you get a shot to make the D1 team. So really what, what Arizona State's philosophy is, I think, is to bring in uh, 75 to 90 really talented hockey players and let them fight to uh, to earn their spots in different positions on, on each team. Yeah, and that does make teams better. I think, you know, UNLV is mostly going to have the roster they had last season back this season, but they also, you know, we've, they've gone out and recruited a lot of players, as we've seen, and, and so they, the inner squad game that they're going to have to training camps, tryouts and all that, they're going it's really going to be interesting to, to see how it – how it develops. Um, obviously, they want to have a, a, a deep roster. Every team wants to have a deep roster, and, and but I think it's going to when you have this level of skill up and down the roster, it's going to make your team better. But to make the competition for spots, you know, who's going to play on this week's games, or who's going to be in the who's going to be on the main roster, who's going to be like the backups, and you know, be sitting in the stands, and may, maybe we'll get to play on occasion if there's an opening. You know, it's there's going to be a lot of motivation by these players. There always should be motivation, but there's really going to be a lot of motivation to to really perform well so you can get out there on the ice instead of in some seasons where there's basically it's there, there's the players and you don't have anybody else, so you're on no matter what the circumstances are. I, I mean, there's always going to be competition, but I think knowing that you're going to have to fight in practice, you're going to have to battle in the in games to make sure you can maintain a a regular spot on the and the rosters for the season, and and we're seeing that with UNLV, ASU. I'm sure as well, we've seen Grand Canyon's been signing a bunch of players, so Arizona's always good. So I'm real excited. I think it's going to be some great hockey this this season. I'm, I'm really hopeful the season will go forward well, and, and that will be a lot of fans in because it makes it makes it exciting. We get some great crowds in Vegas. Uh, ASU gets get some. Arizona they, they can get some good crowds and. And uh, but they have good followings, and it's 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 real great good hockey. I mean, we're gonna have the AHL hockey here, we're gonna have NHL hockey here, we're gonna have UNLV hockey here, um, and, and in Arizona, there's a lot of hockey. So 
once things get back up, once that's why I think the it's kind of nice to kind of have a little bit of a, a pause because once things get back up, we're revamped and we're safe and protected, we can move forward. It's going to be full throttle. It's going to be fast. It's going to be. It's going to be. There's going to be so much. We're going to have so much to talk about on these shows that we're going to run out. We're going to run out of time right now. We're trying to fill time, but we're not. We're going to be so much to talk about that. That's going to be no problem. There's going to be so much to discuss that we'll we'll have to prioritize what we discuss because it'll be so much. Well, what's going to be different this year is if everything gets started as planned because of the NHL having to finish up last year, if you will, sure. this summer, they're, they're going to start later as we're already anticipating, maybe right. as late January. as January. Yeah, but what's going to start on time is ACHA hockey, and what's going to start on time is NCAA hockey. And I don't know what the AHL will do. I got a feeling they're going to try to start on time if they can. Uh, but that that's yet to be determined. So we'll see how that all plays that would out. Be kinda, that'd be kind of interesting, though, because if the if the NHL season starts later, but the AHL season starts at the time it starts, I don't know how that would. I know, well, you know, I know. Here's here's the strange thing about that, and I just I was just thinking about that too. And we don't know what they're planning on doing, but the uh, the AHL is 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 unique in the fact that. They try to mirror the NHL schedule so their players can go back and forth if they need be. But they also play for their own championship, the Calder Cup, right? They they battle for that just like the NHL teams do, and they have big playoff runs and such. So um, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do, and especially after what we've seen. But but back to the, the club side of things, Stephen, I think what's really interesting this summer is UNLV has one team, right? And they've gone out and tried to find the best group of players that they can put on the ice um, for that one team. Uh, U of A has one team, and they've gone and done the same thing. They're competing to put the best guys on the ice that they can for that one team. But then you look at Grand Canyon and you look at ASU, and I haven't talked to Danny Roy at Grand Canyon and specifically asked him, but I believe he's going to have a, a, a GCU D1 D2 and D3 team in the ACHA. And of course, we already heard from Tate a couple weeks ago, and he said that that's what ASU was going to have. So isn't that unique that you have, have these four teams that are, are all very talented, but they're going about it different ways? Well, I, that's, yeah, I, I think that's great. I think it's, it's you know, there's what works for one team may not work for another team and what, you know, it's vice versa. So I think it's, you know, what, what Anthony Vignary Greener and Nick Raboni do at UNLV and what coach Roy, Danny Roy does at Grand Canyon and what coach Berman and coach Green do at ASU in Arizona. It's, uh, it's great that they, they can, that's why everything is works so well because everybody does things, things differently. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's it's just it's how everything connects. It's it's really cool. Yeah, it is. And one thing we're gonna find out quickly, as we found out last year, is um, teams win championship with defense, special teams, and great goaltending. And what we have and fortunate to have at the ACHAD one level is teams with great goaltenders. We know about Bronson Moore at ASU. We know about. Uh, uh, um, the UNLV goaltenders are escaping me at the moment, but right. you've got two really good ones up there. And we know of uh, the goaltenders at U of A, um, 
they're they're extremely talented in, in battle. And I know Danny's got a couple of really good goaltenders at Grand Canyon. So uh, we're fortunate that we're going to be able to not only see great skilled offensive players, but really good goaltending. As we all know, uh, you build your team from the goal out, right? You want to stop the puck first and, and then score afterwards. But uh, just talk a little bit about what you've seen in the goaltenders that have uh, that have played at the ACHA level so far. I, it's it, it's impressive. It, it is. I, either the best goaltending does having good goaltending does obviously result in good success. And and we talk, you know, we we had as you mentioned Bronson Moore, and and I've really been impressed by him. I, I you know, I, I really don't. Uh, you know, I try, I try to be on. I try to be not biased. I try to, you know, but I, you know, I root for for all teams to be successful. But obviously, I was real close to associated with UNLV program, so I would want them to to win the games. But I, when every time that ASU and and and, and him came to play UNLV, or I saw him on the road, it was he was impressive. Even the season, not this past season, but the season before, and we brought this up with Coach Even this, even when they were not winning games, not you know, they were only won nine games. He was keeping them in those games. I mean, those U- games with UNLV, it was, it was a close games. He even UNLV even out- lost one of those games to ASU a couple seasons ago, even though they only won so, so many games. So he really is is impressive, and and it's the same with Arizona's goaltenders. I mean, Churro for for Arizona has been has been really good, uh, obviously for them, and he it's a battle, and it, and it makes it fun. I mean, you know what? We go to some of these UNLV games, and I like to see, you know, a good game. But there's some of these games, and it's it's really a, a, a mismatch. I mean, you know, you know, you know, it's it's a it's a high scoring game, and yeah, you know, we like a lot of goals, you know, and, you know, and the crowd likes them and stuff. But it it really makes when it's a close game, and and it's still a lot on the line. It really makes it really exciting. You know, it's I go back to. To baseball, it's like when it's a really close pitching duel and it's a one-run game or a two-run game. Um, you have some great defensive plays and you know it's great catches, but an occasional home run or a lot of home runs. You know, it's 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 really uh it's really good and and but there's a balance. You know, you like to see the high-scoring games, but the close games is really good too. And and you know, you know, these goaltenders. We talked about the the switch of the second half of the season after the break. It, maybe that was an area that they knew that they weren't getting. Whether they wanted to in goaltending, result of why they partly why they lost the nine games in a row that they did. They went out and got a goaltender at the break, and and uh, David Anderson comes in, great, played the majority of the games in the second half, started the majority of the games was real outstanding, great for him. He got an opportunity to come from Jamestown, a team that was good too, but he wasn't the top guy there. Came here, had a chance to be the top guy here, and really performed well. It really helped propel UNLV to a strong second half. They were confident behind him. They they seemed to have another energy about them, and they were able to strong second half get his spot in the in the tournament. And so I it yeah absolutely makes a big difference. And, yeah uh, you know we still are are missing our guests, but I just want to run down just a little bit of Joe Deuce Bobic and what he brings to the uh, to the ice here at, uh, at Arizona State and to the ACHA uh, program, the D2 program, which we know the D2 program played the uh, UNLV when they were D2 uh, at T-Mobile is one of our trivia questions a while back um, as far as 
the first professional hockey game that was played there. So that's pretty cool. But the uh, with Joe, he grew up in Faribault, Minnesota, uh, but he went four years at Notre Dame uh, in the CCHA back then, uh, then played at Roanoke in the ECHL for four years, um, played over at uh, the Bridgeport Sound uh, for a couple of games in the AHL and then in the UHL. And then uh, in 2005, 2006, he played 49 games for the Phoenix Roadrunners of the ECHL, um, the Utah Grizzlies, and again, the Roadrunners after that. And and then he finished up with our trivia question tonight. I'm not going to say it right now, but uh, the last uh, professional games that he played, he played three games somewhere. And I think it's been to be kind of cool to, uh, to talk that. So, if we don't get him, and it's looking like maybe uh, we're not going to be able to get him on tonight, um, you know, he's had a pretty decent playing career. And how does that translate, you know, to the players that he's going to be coaching? I know he's coached at Notre Dame Prep and done a really good job with that high school program. Um, but but translating that to college kids, especially uh, ACHA college kids, it's going to be really interesting, I think. Just just your thoughts on, on going from playing to coaching. Yeah, I, I think I think it's uh it's going to be a great great benefit for those players to have somebody like him for that team to to rely on because he's he has been through um, he's been through some great success or you know through these you know professional career. He's some of these players you know, whether whatever level they're playing at, have aspirations to, to play professionally. And so in addition to – so he knows he's, he's been there. He knows how what it can take to, to play to, at those levels, you know, what, even if it's not quite the NHL level, at least professionally in hockey, and, and, which is sometimes just as great too. And, and, and it's uh, – so it'll be great for them to have somebody like him that knows what – it takes to to get to that level, and and he'll coach them that way, and and it'll be a great benefit for for those players to to learn from him and to be able to hone on their skills and 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 prepare for themselves if if it was going to you know like they are playing a professional game and and maybe you'll see some of them make it to the professional ranks uh, even though this is going to be a D D two team it's it's going to be uh, It'll be a fun storyline to, to follow. See how much, how what kind of success they can have have this year. And and let's and, uh, let's not yeah. forget that 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 D two team at ASU will play the D two team at Grand Canyon. They'll play some uh, teams on the West Coast. They'll uh, they'll play the D two team up at Northern Arizona, which we don't talk about very much. Uh, it'd be nice to be able to get somebody on from there. So we'll shoot for that as we get a little closer to the season, because NAU at one time was an NCAA Division One uh, team uh, back in the day. So a lot there. But uh, just going back to Joe's uh, uh, college career, when I look at his numbers, uh, just let me tell you the games played as a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior at Notre Dame. 35 games played, 21, 34, 37. In college hockey, you don't play uh, 37 as about as many as you're going to play. So uh, a real Iron Man, and I think that's something he's going to bring to ASU is, is just you know focusing the kids on playing and competing, and and that's where I circle it back around uh, Stephen to the fact that he's going to instill that drive to try to get to the D1 team, 
which is where their talent is. They're going to cultivate their own talent, if you will. And that's something that, that U of A and, and UNLV are not able to do because they don't have those quote unquote feeder programs of D2 or D3. So what they have to do is go out and find that really high end talent and then put it all together uh, in four years and see what they can do. And, and so far, yeah, coach Greener and uh, coach Raboni and, and Berman down at uh, U of A have done a really, really good job of uh, finding that talent and molding it. And even uh, as we talked to coach Berman, uh, you know, a couple months ago now, but uh, when we talked to him, he talked about just how brutally his team was beat up with injuries. I remember being in his office towards the end of the year last year, and he was having a hard time filling the roster uh, with players because he had so many injuries. So, I, it's going to really be fun. I'm just really looking forward to seeing what Grand Canyon and ASU can do uh, with that number of players and how do they keep them all excited and motivated and bringing them on to, to do what they need them to do. Can we just uh, time travel to uh, September already so we can just yeah. play these games? You're getting me excited here, Scott. I mean, yeah. I just, I mean, we're still, it's almost July. I mean, and it's, we are, it's coming fast, but man, don't we just all wish it could be just September? For two reasons. One, it means maybe we're closer to getting out of this pandemic and getting the vaccine and we're back to our normal lives. And also so we can we can have sports going on, for one, and for hockey, too, especially the, the club teams, which is what we talked about on this show, to have all this, this wonderful hockey. I just I just can't wait. It's I really hope, and I, I, tr- I really hope that that if, if we can have a season, and, and right now it's on track to the, beat, to the season to go forward, and I really hope that, you know, there'll be no disruptions and that if we do get a spike in the virus, we can keep it contained so we don't have to shut everything down again. I just, I really hope, because I really look, this season's really going to be a fun, a fun season. And, All right. Uh, and and I, I can't leave out the, the, the girls or the women's teams in the club because uh, what Grand Canyon and what uh, Arizona State have done on the women's side of things and, and we've had a, a couple of talks about Arizona State. We'll get Grand Canyon on uh, as we get a little closer to season two and, and everything. But, it, you know, can you imagine having to recruit um, top-notch women athletes and bring them to Arizona State? I mean, uh, first of all, I would think that they would want to come down here. But uh, as we've mentioned before, playing in the women's programs, especially down here, is you don't get that cushy the game time slot or that cushy practice slot. These girls are, are on the ice at six thirty seven in the morning, uh, at least at Arizona state to, uh, to find practice time. And yet uh, coach Lindsay Ellis has just continued to build and build and build over the last four, now going on five years. She's put together quite a roster and to see women's hockey grow like that is just, just phenomenal. Yeah, I, it's. I think you know what we look at. We I mean, we look at society. You know, with everything that we've we've gone through too, and and with the with the racial stuff that we've 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 seen, and we can't forget about the gender. Uh, you know, there's in the in our history. There's been a, some gender divide in some cases with with in business and other things where where it seems like the men, I'll you know I'll get more opportunities than women do and in, in higher positions in business and, and, and certainly sports is in that case. So um, I think it's, it's great when you have a women's program like that, that we can give attention to and we can 
focus on and 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 they can have an opportunity to play to play hockey too just like the the men do in in these different uh in different schools and stuff it's uh it's really really goes a long way to help better everything with our society that um that women can can be looked at at the same same as uh, as men does when it comes to being able to go out and play play on the ice or other sports on the field or wherever so um, and, and that's that's the uniqueness of it too Steve when we talk about growing the game uh, in the desert southwest and growing the NCAA programs we know title nine plays a role and and you have to add but how cool would it be if you could uh, add an NCAA team and I'll use uh, UNLV as an example if you could add a team at UNLV as an NCAA program and then have uh, the women's team be that team that you brought in uh, in Title IX. So you had two NCAA hockey teams, one men, one women. Yeah, and I, th- and I think you would see – I think there would be a demand for it. Uh, you know, it's really – yeah, I mean, I'd, or, I mean, it doesn't necessarily even have to be hockey. It can be another women's sport, but it would be really great if it was hockey, certainly because um, – you know, hockey is what we, we love to talk about, but um, it could be a, like a lacrosse or something. But, but yeah, I think obviously that's that is the big thing. That if you know we want to become NCAA Division One, there needs to be a women's sport that equates to that. And, and yeah, it would be great to see uh, great to see women's women's hockey here. And and you know, as we've seen the growth of hockey in in this area, it would just be it would be interesting. It would be to see what kind of what kind of um, attention or what kind of um, players, what kind of development a, a women's program would be here in, in Las Vegas. I think it would, I think it would be, could have a lot of success. It seems like everything hockey here in the last three or four years that they've wanted to do has been successful. NHL hockey, some people doubted that, but it's been successful. People maybe are finding out about UNLV hockey in the last few years and seeing them have success and, We've seen that with we're gonna people are now saying, well, now you have AHL. I think that's going to be successful. I think you've seen already demand for people to want to go see those games. So, I think if you eventually get a women's team, I think there'll be enough people that would want to support them too. So, totally agree with you. And you know what, City National did host the uh, the women's conference tournament that uh, Arizona State and Grand Canyon were the uh, the host schools, and they they hosted it at uh, City National a couple of years ago. Uh, I do remember because I was planning on coming up and the, uh, the snowstorm that you, we talked about that you can get in, uh, in uh, Arizona and Southern Nevada actually uh, blocked the roads for a few hours in um, uh, the... Uh, was, that when it, was that when we had our yeah, big snowstorm in, in around Yeah, you had, you had snow on the strip, <laughs> but, but they, they couldn't, they closed the road getting from right. Kingman uh, over the mountain pass into uh, to Vegas, so uh, that can happen. But I know that the women had a lot of success there for that when they brought the teams in, and and the teams have only gotten better from that point. So uh, lots of exciting stuff in the club world, and I just want to bring this back around again uh, because you and I both know that every program down here, I call Coach Greg Powers at the NCAA level the uh, the godfather of hockey down here, at least college hockey, because he does so much to reach out to the club programs and it doesn't matter if it's Arizona state or U of a, yeah, he knows the rivalry and he's as into the rivalry as anyone, but he reaches out to UNLV and, 
and Danny Roy was part of the ASU program. So he reaches out to Danny and, and Lindsay Ellis at the women's program and Natalie Rossi over at Grand Canyon. Uh, Coach Powers has laid out a roadmap for them on how they can uh, move to the next level. And we've talked about it. I think it brings up uh, one more time since we have a little bit of time here to, uh, to bring it up is that he says you've got to have, if you want to go NCAA now, you've got to have a good relationship with your athletic director and your athletic department on you on the campus you got to have a funding mechanism whether it be a, a donor or a series of donors or whatever but then he always brings this up you can't expect to compete at the ncaa level or even have any kind of success at the ncaa level until you win at the level you're at and guess what that level is it's acha d1 hockey um and you and I have talked about this before, but let's just reiterate a little bit about how important it is to win that national tournament if you want to move up. Well, you know, you know, as I said, Nick, uh, Nick Raboni, the assistant coach for UNLV Hockey, he was on some radio programs this week promoting the, the season ticket plan. And, and every time he goes on one of these shows, it seems like it's brought up about the the NCAA. You know, they, you know, they know that that's a, a step for them that they want them to make and you know he was asked about that again this week and and he said you know they're focused on winning at this level but you know one of the things you you mentioned there was about Greg Power saying that you need to have a good relationship with the athletic director and it seems like UNLV has has done that Uh, Nick mentioned during that one of his interviews that that uh, he that they've had they've established connection with the athletic director here at UNLV and and that she's aware of the program and what what they're doing um, but then you know, kind of lost focus on that because the she made it, they needed to make a change at the football, and so they've done that. And you know, they're, they're getting well. Not, not only that, but they also did the change of basketball. Well, too, that was so. the other thing too. Yeah, then then uh, then they focused on changing the basketball coach, and they did the actually the basketball coach first, then the football coach. But uh, so they've done that, and and Otto Berger in his first year at UNLV basketball had a pretty good first season. We're excited for the football team and. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, and to see it, and, and and I think having those two teams get back to success, and for you know, football, it's been a while since they've really been really, 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 really good, and it would be interest, it would be, uh, it would be in the best interest for those teams to do well. It would benefit UNLV hockey in the end because um, they can, they can uh, benefit from that because you need money, and you can hope you can get that. Um, but yeah, you got to win at this level, and. And you got to, and it would certainly go a lot of way. It would certainly put a lot more gears turning if right. they say, "Oh, this team has won a, oh, this team has has won a championship." Uh, you know, we should look at this, look at this uh, situation, and see if it's a viable, a viable thing to pursue. Uh, which I think you know, you know, we may want to at some point, but but it certainly would accelerate. I would think if if they can, if they can win an ACHA uh, a tournament, you might get more people interested in it that are in it now donor wise and funds and stuff because you might be able to raise the money you need to, to do that and and you know you, it would benefit asu and greg powers too to have some of these other teams join oh, down here on the west coast because yeah the travel would Absol- be cut down then these, absolutely you know, they, it would be you know what will be interesting and and this has been discussed too um because uh, Coach Greener actually went on another on another radio show, so they both have been kind of doing shows. And he talked about 
they talked about LIU coming, you know, coming in, and they hope and they're working on trying to get uh, Long Island University to play them, yeah. uh, to be them. And that would be team number cool. team number sixty one in the NCAA ranks. Well, that that would be a real interesting uh, if they can get that done. That would be real interest. That would be really uh, cool to kind of play a team that is joining an NC is 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 in the NCAA now, and they're they're playing a hybrid schedule next year, and if they can work out something and try to get that, that will be really uh, be really, I think, beneficial for UNLV to be able to have an opportunity to to do that. So well, we'll see I, what happens there. You know, I know you and I didn't think we could ramble on for an hour, but we got <laughs> yeah. four, we got four minutes left, and we've yeah. done a really good job of rambling. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's it's disappointing that we don't have uh, Joe Duspavik on. Hopefully, we'll get him, and hopefully, if, everything's good. If with the him. viewers, if the listeners, if, if, if the listeners have uh, listened this whole, to this whole time, kudos to them, man. They uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they deserve it. Absolutely, but you know, I, I want to wrap it up on uh, obviously our trivia question. So why don't you go ahead and give us our hashtag Pucks on the Pod trivia question for tonight, uh, presented by Summer Skates. I like the uh, the comment that was just posted on this on the thing here. It was a good discussion. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, all right, here's the question. Let me find it here. Uh, what was the the uh, Gosh, I can't even see. I wrote it down. We have to pull it up on the. There we go. What was the last? What is the name of the last professional team that Joe Duspopic played for? Um, yeah, that was, and that was who I'll we were give, supposed to have on, and it didn't. But uh, uh, we're going to do the question centered on him anyway. And I'll, so that's the question. I'll give you a hint, folks. It was in Arizona. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and if you can name, if you can name the team and name the uh, city where that team played. Um, It'll take you a little digging, but uh, it can be found, and uh, that will get you a, a prize pack from Summer Skates, our presenting sponsor of Hashtag Pucks on the Pod, as we continue to do trivia through the month of June and July. Just a little tease, Stephen. I don't know if I've told you yet, but maybe I have. We have uh, our sponsor, M-Drive, who does uh, What Drives You, is actually jumped on board for the return of hockey in August, and they have M-Drive swag bags that we're going to be giving away starting in August with trivia again. So things are catching on. Things are growing. If you're uh, not familiar with our podcast, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly on Monday, uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly on Tuesday, which is our NCAA show, and then Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on Wednesday you can find us uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. Just search for ITHSW Podcasts, and they'll pop up. You can download it. We encourage you to download it. Uh, listen to the shows when you can. Hopefully, we've entertained you tonight, uh, Stephen and myself. A very early and very happy birthday to my co-host, <laughs> who's going to be turning the big 2-9. And uh, you know what, friend? We'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, hope you guys have safe travels up here. and. Um, we want to remind people also to, to leave a rating and review on those different podcast sites if, if, if they feel so inclined to do that. I'm sure that would be appreciated as well. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, of course, visit us on social media. Get to the website as well at icetimehockeysw.com. And as we say goodnight to, uh, tonight, we'll hope that uh, we have another guest live with us again next week. But thanks for doing such an outstanding job. Again, I know uh, – it's never easy when you got to talk that that long, but really appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. 
And uh, some people are better at it than others. I know somebody that, that can talk very well for for this long period of time. I won't mention uh, his name tonight. Yeah, but, I know who you're talking I'm, about. He's a mutual <laughs> friend of ours. He could go yeah. on for three we hours. Him on a, but... We had him on a few weeks ago, but all right, Dana Lane, that's it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I doubt he's listening. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Well, before we say goodbye with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, I have to do a shout out to U of A and uh, the uh, the guy that we lost. Uh, way 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 too soon and tim gas and so let me give him the uh, the arizona wildcat uh segment and then we'll uh we'll say good night with roger klein and the peacemakers and how about we try hello new day tonight sounds good hello new day we'll uh we'll see everybody next week your western collegiate hockey league champions your arizona wildcats tickets for arizona hockey are now on sale Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. The one and only Tim Gasson playing it out for us, and I promised the guys at uh, U of A that we'd continue to play that uh, just as a tribute to Tim for a little while. So, Stephen, thanks again for for uh, bringing it tonight. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night in Las Vegas, and uh, can't wait to see that new facility up there at Henderson. Have a Just good evening, good. and uh, for everybody out there, tune in again next week, and, and don't forget the hashtag Pucks on the Pod trivia question, and get it at Ice Time SW on Twitter. Hello, new day from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers takes us away. <laughs>